Hey folks, it's Marvin Cash, the host of the Articulate Fly, and we're back with another Western North Carolina Fishing Report with Shannon Big Mess Messer from Tuckaseegee Fly Shop. How you doing, Shannon? Doing well. Hope everybody's having a great afternoon, evening, or morning, regardless of wherever you, wherever you are. So I guess we covered all the time zone. Yeah, there you go. But I would tell you, you know, if you're in the southeast, we may, knock on wood, be kind of turning towards that fall cool-off. Yeah, definitely could be. You know, September... The past few years has been, uh, you know, fairly productive for us with these cooler nighttime temperatures creeping into the area. We recently just had a cold front move through here. Uh, We're setting up for some really nice weather. And in my opinion, in the past experience of many, many years, I think that, uh, you know, September is going to be great, which is going to set us up for a fantastic fall fishing, which at the end of the day is just right around the corner. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I was looking too. I mean, to me, the key always is what do your nighttime lows look like? And they're starting to drop pretty consistently into the lower 50s. So it's just going to only get better. That is correct. And and that's the one thing that we try to explain to folks, whether they're, uh, you know, in the shop or on the phone, is the importance of nighttime temperatures. When you get the nighttime temperature dropping lower and lower, consistently then your water temperatures have a chance to cool off now if you're if you're low your nighttime low in a valley is only 67 degrees it's not going to get no cooler than that and those are the things you kind of have to look at which is really unique to the area we live in here marvin as you have your valley you have your higher elevations with canopy cover so right now you know, if I was doing some, uh, you know, some backcountry camping, you know, with my hammock, I definitely want to have, uh, you know, my sleeping pad because it's going to be cooler. You know, we think 50s here in the valleys, but you think it's going to be in the low 50s, maybe upper 40s in those areas, which really makes that water happy time for those fish. Yeah, absolutely. And so what that means, right, is that the terrestrial bite is going to start to wind down. I mean, you've got a little ways to go before you start getting some good frosts, but you know, mm-hmm. that's going to kind of start to go away and we're going to start to see kind of that fall dry fly bite into the nymphing stuff that we generally see in the fall, like October caddis. And we'll start talking about fishing orange, right? That is correct. And you can go ahead and start fishing orange now, really kind of that mid July on. If you start fishing some orange palmers, you can have some really good success with those, you know, in our national park streams or national forests. If you're chasing those wild brookies in a small creek, wet wading, uh, you know, an orange parachute fly can be quite productive. An orange stimulator right now uh, can be productive. And orange, you know, everybody thinks orange for octericatus. I, I caution people, there's many different shades of orange. And, you know, sometimes a brighter orange can be more effective than a dull orange. At times, they... A, a almost like a ice dub type orange can be effective. But when you look at your October caddis, the body of that fly is almost a sulfury orange color. It's not quite as bright. So I tend to tie mine a little bit differently when it comes to that color combination with a darker wing on it. Uh, it you know, like you mentioned, you know, terrestrials will start to slow down a little bit. We'll have those things around until we get some consistent frost in certain areas. Uh, you know, caddis, tan caddis, uh, brown caddis have been working quite well for folks. And we've been selling a lot of those in the shop. 
once again today. Gentleman said he had a great, great day of fishing with those uh, uh, brown caddis. So more natural type colors that you can fish that are you know kind of prevalent out there in Mother Nature. Yeah, there you go. And we've got a question for you too. And this is the perfect okay. Shannon question, um, yeah. which, uh, I don't know, maybe Michael knew that you were, uh, you were going to be pinch hitting for Dale while Dale's out of Montana. But, uh, when mm-hmm. I saw the question come through on Instagram, I was like, this is a perfect question for Shannon. Um, Super. yeah, he wanted to know two things, you know, one, your best dry fly pattern for the fall. Mm-hmm. And, and then what is your favorite dry dropper combo to switch to after the terrestrial bite has died off? Hmm. That, that can go many different ways. And thanks for the question. We always enjoy those questions and it, it really challenges us. And I think it can be answered in many different ways. And if you ask myself, Dell, Bobby, Jarrett, Preston, or whoever, you'd probably get a different answer from each one of us. Um, the favorite dry fly pattern for the fall is the one that's working, but, uh, all seriousness, when it gets down to it, I, I do tend to go more of those orange-type colors or even more of an olive-brownish kind of combination, peacocky-type color, just mixing some dubbings in there and kind of getting that good blend. But I do like fishing orange. I've had success with that particular color for many, many, many years. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um now, as far as when we get into kind of our favorite dry dropper scenario, past, past our terrestrial bite, it really depends on the fishery that I'm in. So, for instance, if I'm still attacking wild fish on a day off or I have a guest that wants to do some of our wild fisheries, you know, that's probably more than likely going to be a, a uh, you know, stimulator in that orange type color or or a variant of a stimulator, and it could be, you know, your basic, when I say very basic, it could be a basic hair's ear variation or a prince nymph or pheasant tail variation off of that. Or the other thing I like to do as well is actually throw some little little midges. I'm not saying necessarily zebra midge. They certainly will work. But something along the lines of a top secret midge, unweighted, and really focus on, you know, the tungsten putty and trying to get that dialed in with those fish based upon where they're at in the water column. If I'm fishing more of a stocked fishery, my go-to setup is going to be a uh, foam body fly with a darker type color. I want that good silhouette, but my go-to and everybody knows this, is going to be my uh, natural colored IDK with a silver beetle. Well, there you go. And so on your dry flies, I heard you mention stimulator. Do you prefer a dry fly that sits up higher, or do you like something that's maybe like a parachute style that sits a little bit lower in the film? I kind of let the fish tell me that because it can go either way. And that and that's a good point, too. So when you get a caddis in the fly bins, like in our shop, I like to leave the hackle palmered all the way through it. But one of the things you can do on the water, and a lot of folks, they don't do, but they should, is if you've got your, you know, your scissor forceps, you can actually trim that hackle and let it set lower in the, the water film. And sometimes the fish will kind of, that's, that's what they're after. They're wanting a higher riding fly. Now, uh, you know, if you're fishing... Uh, maybe a little bit faster water. You need a fly that needs to just got to handle that. I want a beefier fly 
you know, a stimulator type fly, a, you know, a, um, a chubby style fly for that particular water you're fishing. An Adam variant is a high floating fly as well, typically tied with the yellow Oshaturl, but you could change it out with orange if you wanted to, and that would work also. Uh, so there's, you know, a couple different ways to approach that. I like to let the fish kind of tell me, meaning if they're kind of coming up and they're looking and they're refusing, uh, you know, the flies getting their attention, you know, is my tippet? Do I have micro drag? Uh, is my fly setting too high or is it setting too low? And just start to mess with those micro adjustments. Got it. And, you know, folks, we love questions at the Articulate Fly. You can email them to us. Um, or send them to us on our Facebook or Instagram page. And if we use your question, I'll send you some articulate fly swag. And then we will enter a drawing for something cool from the shop at the end of the season. And Shannon, before I let you go, why don't you let folks know the three locations and hours and where to find you guys and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And, and before we get to that, just a huge thank you to everybody who brought uh, donations by the shop. Uh, Dale got those delivered to the folks over in Haywood County. So I just want to say a huge thank you to those folks uh, that did that. Um, as far as the locations, uh, three of them, at uh, 3 Depot Street, Bryson City, North Carolina, 530 West Main Street, Silva, North Carolina, and 110 Depot Street, Waynesville, North Carolina. Where shop hours are 8 to 5 Monday through Saturday. We are closed on Sunday. However, we do guide, you know, seven days a week. And you can reach us at 828-488. Well, you know, folks, fall's going to be here before you know it. You owe it to yourself to get out there and catch a few. Tight lines, everybody. Tight lines, Shannon. Tight line, Marvin's, and hope everybody has a great day. Take care.